Dear God, thank you so much for bringing everybody here. Thank you for all of the, the, the students uh, that are gathered and their small group leaders who are here that are pouring into them. God, I pray that uh, through the things that I have to say, God, I pray that you will be glorified. God, I pray that uh, the students will, their hearts will be softened, their hearts will be turned to you. God, I pray that you receive the glory. And if, if any of this is any hint of uh, my own ego or anything uh, about me, God, I pray that you erase that. Uh, you erase it from their memories. You erase it from uh, this evening. Uh, to you be all the glory, and we pray this in your son's name. Amen. I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine you are a Jew, a Palestinian guy or girl, and you've been growing up your whole life in one town. You've been growing up your whole life in one town, and all throughout your life, every stage of life, as soon as you could, as soon as you could understand, people have been telling you, this is what you have to do in your life. You have to obey the law because it pleases God, and you will be blessed because of it. You've been told to obey the law because it pleases God, and you will be blessed because of it. Now, you, 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 you've got this stuff ingrained in your head over and over and over again, and one day you hear a rumor about this guy from Galilee who's been going around, and he's been, he's been touching people and healing people and, and bringing people who are blind to have sight again. And these rumors start to grow into an uproar as crowds have assembled around this Jesus and they're following him wherever he goes. And your, your, your curiosity turns to excitement and anticipation because you hear that he's headed towards your town. And he shows up and he's there and you see him and you hear him and he looks just like a normal guy. But he talks, the way he speaks is like you've never heard before. He talks with this authority that, that nobody else had. And all your life, you've been taught to obey the law because it pleases God, and you will be blessed because of it. And he comes in and he says this, be careful, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, he says, be careful not to practice your acts of righteousness, be careful not to obey the law, to fulfill the law in front of others to be seen by them. For if you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. In one sentence, Jesus, well, you, your little Jewish dude in your little Jewish town, just turned your whole world inside out. Your whole life, you've been thinking, okay, I got to do this because it makes God happy, and because God's happy, he's going to give me good stuff in my life. And Jesus says one word, one, one sentence, and he flips it all around. But he doesn't leave us there. He doesn't drop the mic and walk out. So come on with his posse. He says, wait, so, so, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets like the hypocrites do. For I tell you the truth, they have to receive their reward in full. But when you give, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. If, if, you're, if you're a Jew and you just heard this, you, you've lived your whole life in this town and this is all your whole world, it's just Brains are splattered all over the walls. Everybody's minds are blown at what Jesus just said. And it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, this is a, it is a fundamental mind-altering uh, mind moment because everything you've known is now turned on a dime. And this is why this sermon is called, this, this series is called The Revolutionary Way because Jesus preaches this sermon and he changes the direction of an entire movement. He creates an entire movement and this movement is still alive and still growing today. Let me ask you guys a question. Who here, show of hands, who here has ever heard somebody use the word hypocrite to describe a Christian? Anybody? This is, this, is a, this is a problem that a lot of people who don't believe in God or don't believe in religion have with religion. They, they think 
It's full of hypocrisy. Christians are just a bunch of hypocrites. They don't go to church. They're all hypocrites. This is what Jesus is describing. The Jewish pe- the religious people that he's talking about, these hypocrites in, uh, in this passage, these are the Pharisees. They're going around with trumpets so that when they give some, somebody a need, they, they call it alms. When you give somebody a need, some, some money or some food, they blow a, blow a trumpet so that everybody around knows, hey, that guy's, that guy's religious. That, guy, that guy's got his life together. He's doing good stuff, and God, God likes him. And I don't know about you, but does anybody, have a tr- does anybody take a trumpet around with them when they do nice things for people so, you, so you, everybody else can know? Anybody? No? Okay. Well, because of that, because nobody, nobody has any trumpets, nobody's taking trumpets around, it can be easy to gloss over this verse, like, oh, this doesn't apply to me, this is just like Andrew was saying, this little Jew in a, in a town thousands of years ago, it doesn't apply to me today because nobody's walking around with trumpets. But today, we don't have trumpets. This applies to us today. We don't have trumpets today. Today we have things like Snapchat, Facebook, we have things like Instagram, we got these social medias where we only post things that make us look good because whenever anybody else looks at our feed, looks at our, looks at our profile or whatever, they see the best of the best and they think, wow. Has, has anybody ever seen somebody else's profile? Like, I think I've the most interesting life I've ever seen. I follow some people on Instagram that are like, I'm like, how do you just, you like live in Yosemite and you just, you have these beautiful pictures all the time. We do this today. I'd, I'd, be, will, I, I'd be willing to bet that if I, asked you guys to raise your hand for if anybody's ever posted a, a picture on Instagram or, or uh, something on Snapchat or Facebook or whatever about when you went to on a mission trip or, or uh, helped, uh, volunteered at a shelter, helped out somebody in need. I bet, I bet there would be a lot more hands up than none. So this still applies to us today. And what Jesus is talking about, he's not talking about the action. He's not talking about what you have to do. If we read it again, he's, he's, he's got this extra, extra little, he's got a comma, and then he says something else. Do not do your acts of righteousness in front of men, comma, to be seen by them. He's not talking about the action, he's talking about the motivation, he's talking about the heart of the action. And the problem that Jesus is addressing in this passage, and the, that he will continue to address in the next two passages, is a problem of pride. This problem of pride, I'm not talking about the kind of pride that your small group leaders have when you guys are showing up every week and getting real in small groups and and really trying to grab a hold of this stuff or the kind of proud that that your parents are when you bring home a good test grade. This is the kind of pride that you have about yourself where you think you're the most important person and everybody else has to know about it. This is is the kind of proud where you're you're putting all the filters, doing everything on it, trying to get as many likes and have have as many people see it. All the hashtags, you guys know where people put like 400 hashtags? So as many people can see it as possible. This is is the kind of pride that Jesus is addressing in this passage. And so how do we be blessed? How do we be blessed? Jesus says, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now let me ask you, who here is good at keeping secrets? Who here can keep a secret? Anybody? Put your hands up high. Who here could even keep a secret if like, your best friend told you, but your other best friend didn't know, and they're like dying to know, and they're like, come on, please, please. Keep your hands up if you can keep a secret from your best friend. Keep your hands up. Who can keep a secret from yourself? 
Nobody, man, get your hand down. Nobody can see, keep a secret from yourself. That's impossible. How could you keep a secret from yourself? If you did it and you know that you did it, you couldn't keep a secret from yourself. But Jesus is saying, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. When you give somebody something, when you give somebody something with your right hand, he's saying, I want you to be so empty of yourself, so empty of pride that you don't even know, your left hand doesn't even know what just happened. This is the, this is the kind of change that Jesus is asking for us. He's not asking us to change the way, the, the, the things that we do necessarily. He's asking us to change the way that we do things. And that can transform your entire life. This, 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 this is what I'm calling the impossible secret. When you don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. The, Jesus isn't talking literally here. He's, he's using a hyperbole. He's using a metaphor and exaggeration to demonstrate what, what it's like when we get rid of our pride and we take up a healthy sense of self-worth. Okay, pride, self-pride is all about, I'm the flyest dude, and everybody else has to know about it. That's pride. That's a, that's a belief. You believe that you are the most important thing, and that motivates all your actions and your words and how you live your life. Self-worth is knowing, and this is what I want you guys to get, self-worth is knowing who you are and whose you are. That's truth, knowing who you are and whose you are and letting that transform your life, transforming the way you treat people, to transform the, the decisions that you make and everything. And now you may be asking me, how do I know what my self-worth is? You may be asking me questions that I asked when I was in your guys' seat. When I was going through high school, I, I had just a phase in my life where I had no idea. And, and there, you guys must feel it. It just comes in from so many different directions about, about what you need to look like and the things you need to do and the clothes you need to wear and the way you need to, to carry yourself. So many people are pulling you in so many different directions. And, and for me, it, helped, it, it, it caused me my, my sense of self-worth to kind of just fall out. And I felt like an empty shell. I, didn't, I, didn't have, I, I wasn't worth anything. And that may, that may be you. Or you may be on the other side of the spectrum right now where you think that you are all that, that you think you got it all together and you're, you, you're the top dog. And Jesus is saying you need to find a healthy spot in the middle where you don't have any pride in yourself, but you know who you are. And who you are is this. It's in Romans. It's Romans chapter 8. Paul says this. He says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave to fear, but you received a spirit of sonship or daughtership. And he goes on to say, if we are sons of God, then we are heirs of God. Because we just, I remember we just sang this song, God is king. If God is king, then we are sons of God. We are heirs of God. We are princes and princesses in this room. Co-heirs with Christ, even says. And so when you know who you are, and you ask me, Andrew, who are you? I would tell you, I am a jacked up, messed up, broken sinner. But God looked at me and he said, you know what? You're still worth it. I'm going to come down to this earth. I'm going to die on that for you because you're mine. And I'm going to trade your filthy rags for my righteousness so that we can be together. That's who I am. And that's who I belong to. So when you know that, when that is a fundamental part of your being, that's a fundamental part of who you are, transforms your entire life. And that's what Jesus is asking us to do in this past simple passage about how to give, 
how to give to people, how to be generous. But here's the bottom line. When, when you know who you are and who you belong to, when you have a healthy sense of self-worth, when you know who you are and who you belong to, it transforms everything. Not just the way that you give to people, not just the way you do your acts of righteousness, not just the way you, you, you do these good things. It transforms the way you think, the way you feel, the way you treat people, the way you look at the world. And that takes a leap of faith. And this, I'm convinced, is the fundamental leap of faith that you have to take when you choose to become a Christian. And you may be sitting in your seats and you don't, you don't know about this whole Christianity thing or maybe you even tried it and you didn't like it. Maybe you, you grew up at a, at a time and, and you didn't have a lot of people looking out for you. Maybe you didn't have a lot of support at home or at school. And it had to, if, if anybody was going to take care of you, it had to be yourself. You had to look out for number one and that's just the way you lived life. It made it hard to trust people. It made it hard to be vulnerable with people. And you had to take this, take this leap of faith from relying on yourself for everything. And you have to leap all the way over here to relying on God. And that's what being a Christian is all about. Is that I don't have to, I don't have, to have this sense of pride. If you, if you have a sense of pride, it's because you're scared of not, of not having any, any safety net. You, you, have to, you have to inflate yourself and inflate yourself and inflate yourself so that when, when something bad happens, you're safe. And this leap of faith is, God's got it. I'm not worried. I don't have to be worried about all the things that would normally worry somebody about popularity, about, uh, about getting a good job, about getting you know, lots of friends, or whatever it is. If, if you know who you are and who you belong to, you're good. And this is the leap of faith. And this is what I encourage you guys to do. Whether you are Christian or not, in, in any smallest act, if you're not a Christian, maybe tonight is the night that you take that step. You say, you know what? I've been trying this thing on my own. Maybe I've been trying, you know, to rely on somebody else. Maybe, maybe it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, or, or a best friend. To get, to get me through life. But it, just, it feels like there's something missing. It, feel, it feels like I'm, I'm, still, I'm still not complete. I'm telling you, figure out who you are and who's you, who's you are, who you belong to. Take that leap of faith. Rely on Jesus. For the small, start with the small decisions. And for you who are Christians, start with those small decisions and work your way up to the big decisions. See where it takes you. I, can, I cannot promise you I will not promise you that if you take that leap of faith, your life will end up just the way you expected it. I grew up in Connecticut on the East Coast, like next to New York City. I grew up in Connecticut, and I went to college in Arkansas, like right in the middle of the country. I did not believe, if you had told me in high school or whatever, that I was going to come to Southern California and work with these, all you awesome guys and be able to hang out with you guys, I'd be like, you're crazy. That's, it would take a miracle to happen. And it kind of did, but I'm here. It did not end up the way I expected it, but I am stoked that I'm here. So I can promise you this. I cannot promise you it'll turn out the way you expect. I can promise you, if you take that leap of faith, it'll transform your life for the better. And you may be a little skeptical. You may say, Andrew, how do you know that? Two things. First of all, this book is the greatest story that's ever been written. It's a story about you and me and about everybody else and how a holy God 
wanted his family back. And he did whatever was necessary to come and get us. That already happened. We're like in the epilogue now. Us today. And all throughout this story, God promises his people. He promises his people in Israel and, and all throughout history, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Maybe you've been left by people. Maybe you've been abandoned. Maybe you've felt betrayed. God promises, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never let you down. And in, in Romans, at, at the end of this chapter 8 that we just read, Paul, Paul gives it to us straight. He says, here it is. If you're willing to take this seriously, I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, or anything, if that list wasn't enough, or anything else in all of creation can separate us from the love of God, from the love of Christ. He's holding it out to you through all of the crap and all the storms and all the problems that you face in your life. He's saying, take this leap of faith. Just come out and grab it. I'll catch you. And he will. So I'm going to pray and we're going to jump into small groups. And I encourage you guys to spend this time and really think about where you are on this, on this spectrum. Do you, do, you, do you have a problem with pride? Do you have a problem with elevating yourself and making yourself look good? Or do you, do you even have a problem with self-worth? Where, where you don't even think that you're, you're, you're valuable? Think about that and think about how relieved you would be if you could take all of the weight and all of the burdens that you've been carrying and just lay them at the foot of the cross. Can I pray for you? Dear God, thank you for, for looking at this broken group of students and, and leaders and uh, me especially, this broken guy up on stage and, and saying, you know what? I know all that bad stuff that you've done and you're going to do in the future. But I still think you're worth it. Without a doubt, I'm going to come and I'm going to take you back to me. And God, I am so thankful that we have the opportunity to respond to that truth. And I pray for these students that they can respond to that truth, that they can take that leap of faith from relying on ourselves, from relying on, on earthly things to relying on you alone for everything. And God, I pray that their lives would be transformed, that this, this ministry would be transformed, that this town and this state would be transformed because of these, these students. When they, when they rely on you and, and draw their identity and their power from you, God, anything is possible. So we pray all this in your son's name. Amen.